All right, we are starting today, just going to do a two-week series on uh, forgiveness. And then, uh, as I've been praying, I think God's leading us into uh, the book of 1 Corinthians. But we're going to talk about God's uh, forgiveness today, and next we're going to talk about uh, our response to that in terms of forgiving other people. So let's pray together. God, we let's pray your spirit over this time. Pray your Holy Spirit would uh, just teach us, uh, help us to really experience your love for us in new and fresh ways. I pray, God, that we would realize, uh, not just in our minds, but in our hearts, the incredible uh, forgiveness that you give us. In Jesus' name, amen. Many places in... Can you click the next slide for me? Yeah, thank you. <laughs> uh, many places in the Bible, it talks about the freedom uh, we should have in our lives. That followers of Jesus should be the most free people on the planet. Uh, we see, in, for instance, in Galatians 5.1, it says, For cre uh, freedom, Christ has set us free. Galatians 5.13, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. 1 Peter 2, Live as people who are free. Uh, that we are to be people who are known for freedom. And uh, we are to be living in that freedom. And the Bible says, wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And, and we know the Holy Spirit lives in us. And so there is freedom. Uh, we are to be the most free people. And I hope you are here and you just you feel free. I hope, I hope you feel free today. Uh, but if you don't, and there are times when we all uh, feel that we're in bondage or we're struggling or we're caught, uh, there can be a lot of reasons for that. But one of those reasons sometimes is because the person is carrying unforgiveness in their hearts. Uh, one of the ways to lose your freedom is to carry a grudge, is to hold bitterness, is to look at somebody and have unforgiveness. Uh, you, just, you just lose your freedom. It can be a hard thing when you walk around with a grudge in your heart. Uh, it weighs you down. You can't run. You can't uh, love freely because you keep thinking about this person and what if this person just did that and they need to repay me or whatever it might be. It is a heavy load when you're walking in bitterness towards somebody. And so we need to talk about forgiveness because to really live in the forgiveness or, or the freedom that Christ wants in your life, then you need to learn to forgive. And all of us here, of course, uh, oh, Hasten Tamara is back there. Good to see you. Welcome. <laughs> Long time we'll see. Uh, one thing that you learn quickly, if you spend any time in community, is that whenever you open your heart to love, you also open yourself up to get hurt. Uh, to, to love people means that at times you're going to get hurt. It's just they go hand in hand because I'm not perfect and you're not perfect and I try to love you and you try to love me. And there are times when our imperfections end up hurting each other. And this is why some people try to isolate themselves from all people because uh, they just don't want to get hurt. But the risk of being hurt, it's worth the risk to love. Because when you do find those people that really love you, uh, it's worth the risk of being hurt sometimes. And even in a church like this, I mean, we're all supposed to love Jesus and love people and really love each other. There are times when we hurt each other. But the risk is worth it. 
Because when we are getting along and when we're there for each other and loving on each other and praying for each other, it's, it's a beautiful thing. But in this world, we're going to get hurt. And whenever you get hurt, uh, it can really bring you down. Because whenever someone sins against you, uh, they're stealing something from your life. It, it, it hurts. It, it takes something from you. And it can be very minor or it can be very, very big. But there's kind of three ways in which we get emotionally hurt. The first one is for the bad things people have done towards us. When, when someone sins against us. Uh, someone spreads gossip about you. Uh, someone... You tell something in confidence to someone, hoping that they were going to just pray for it and trust it, and they, they would tell their friends, and all of a sudden you find out that this other person found out, and, and they've sinned against you. Uh, maybe you've been through uh, emotional abuse, or physical abuse, or even rape, or there can be horrible things that people do to us. Uh, these are uh, cause emotional hurts. And we can, if we're not careful, end up being bitter or, or having them uh, have a grasp on our heart that is not a healthy grasp on our heart. Uh, we can get emotionally hurt for the good things that people didn't do for us. Sometimes we would hope that in our difficult times of life that our best friends might be there for us. And maybe we were going through a difficult time and they weren't there for us. They, we hoped that they would do something good and they didn't. Uh, maybe you hoped something out of your teachers, or maybe even as a pastor, and you hope that there would be good flowing from them towards you, and they didn't show up in that moment. Uh, uh, maybe uh, your parents uh, weren't there for you in, in the way you had hoped, and you looked at your neighbor's parents, and you're like, man, I wish my parents were like that. And you look at your own parents, and, and you're like, I wish they would just do more good towards me. Again, it can be the sin of others towards you, or it could be all these good things that you hoped and, and they didn't do that can cause, again, emotional hurt. And then we just have perceived hurts. You know, that person always looks at me funny. They must hate me. When really, maybe they just don't know how to smile. I mean, uh, or maybe you go for coffee with somebody and you have this, you have something really uh, kind of deep that you want to share with them. And as you're having coffee, they're just always on their phone. And because in that moment your, your identity is not solid in Jesus, all of a sudden you start to feel rejected. You start to feel like maybe they don't like you and you're worthless. And you walk away from that moment with a perceived, perceived hurt. Maybe they didn't even mean to. Maybe they just don't know what good etiquette is. Uh, maybe they didn't mean to hurt you, but it's a perceived hurt. And so we can be hurt through all these different ways. And, uh, and this can weigh on us. And whenever this happens, in that moment we end up usually not feeling free. And we need to learn to deal with those emotional hurts in our life. Micah 6.8 says this. The Lord has told you what is good, and this is what he requires of you. To do what is right, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. That God wants us to be people who actually, not just like mercy, but actually love it. We're to love mercy. It's like any opportunity, we can give mercy on somebody, we're just, we're just going to... Wow, I love giving mercy. Of course, this includes forgiveness. That God wants to bring us all to a place where we love mercy and love to forgive because it's just flowing in our hearts. We're so filled with the freedom and life of Jesus and we don't want to lose that freedom. And so we just love forgiveness. And I hope you are growing in loving mercy because this is one of the things that God wants to see in our lives. Now, what is forgiveness? Uh, Bruce and Emily shared this definition just a little while ago. If you were at the RTF uh, seminar here, 
Forgiveness is the setting of one's will and the making of a decision to release an offending person or situation. When we forgive, we choose to set them free. By choosing to forgive, we also set ourselves free. We don't hold resentment or bitterness. We let go of our plans of retaliation. We let go of feelings, uh, a feeling like they owe us something. We, we, we set that, that weight we're dragging in our heart, we, we just release them into the presence of God. So they don't weigh on us, they don't, they don't rob us of our, our freedom, it's, it's, to, it's to forgive. And uh, this is what we're to be living in. Now one of the questions I want to first tackle is, uh, have you really forgiven? I'll probably talk more about this next week. But I find there are a lot of Christians who think they have forgiven somebody, but actually haven't. Because sometimes we think that forgive, forgiveness is, is just like the Christian thing to do, and so we forgive, and we just kind of mentally assent, and we do the Christian duty, I forgive that person, but still in the heart there is resentment and bitterness. I see this from time to time. Oh yeah, I've forgiven that person. Jesus says, forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is not just duty. Uh, this is not just, you know, in my mind I've forgiven them. This is actually a release from your heart, your emotions. You've forgiven them here. This is what Jesus wants from us. Actually to forgive people from the heart. It's... And sometimes we just, uh, sometimes we even say, well, I've forgiven that person. Uh, we just say that because we actually don't want to deal with the emotional hurt. We just don't want to go there anymore. So we just quickly say, I've forgiven them. And yet there's still all this, this garbage in our life because we haven't actually forgiven them, forgiven them the right way. And often why people don't forgive is because sometimes people, uh, and we'll talk about this next week and how to forgive, is, is that sometimes people actually don't grieve and you don't actually understand what you're forgiving. There's a process of forgiving that you need to work through. But anyways, we are to forgive from your heart, and this can be really, really hard. Because some of you here have been through very, very difficult things, and perhaps multiple dif difficult things, and it can be very, very hard. There are a lot of reasons why we should forgive, if we're looking for reasons. Uh, God asks us to forgive. Uh, forgiveness allows us to live in freedom. We have the weight of this very heavy verse in Matthew 6. If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Uh, we know from Ephesians 4 that it keeps evil spirits from gaining access to your lives. I mean, I don't think any of us here would be like, you know what I want? I just really would love an evil spirit to torment me today. <laughs> but in essence, that's what you do. When you are unforgiving, that's what you're saying. You're, you're, the, the Bible says you're giving Satan a foothold. Uh, on the other hand, it allows the power and grace of the Holy Spirit to flow in our lives. And we release people and we set them free and we, we let go of that bitterness and no longer want to get them back or have them repay. It, it just opens up the doors for God's grace to flow in our lives. And most importantly, it is the proper way to respond to the love and grace God has given us. And, and this is what we want to talk about today. Because the heart of our desire to forgive is that Jesus has gone first. That he's gone before you. And, he, and he's laid it out on how to forgive. And, uh, and, and because he has given us so much grace and so much forgiveness that it should make it a lot easier for us to do the same. And, and this is the message throughout the scripture. In Ephesians 4, 
Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Or Colossians 3, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Or First John 4, we love because he first loved us. And so the motive for our forgiveness at his very heart is because we've received it from God. And we've been lavished in his love and his grace, and, and we don't deserve it, but he's poured out so much on us that Jesus looks at us and says, just go and do the same. Just go and do the same. I've done it for you. Just go and do, and do the same. So we want to talk today about uh, God's forgiveness uh, towards us. There's a famous story in John 13. It says, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and they had that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet. This is the Last Supper, the night before Jesus is betrayed and crucified, and he has this meal with his 12 disciples, his, his favorite 12 people, his friends, his buddies. And, and they get together, and, and uh, because they've been out all day in those days, he had sandals on, uh, their feet were dirty. Now, no one wanted to wash feet. I'm sure most of us probably would not want to show up in church and have to wash each other's feet because feet for a lot of us are kind of gross. I don't want to wash people's feet. And yet a lot of our feet are probably clean, hopefully if you had a shower this morning or yesterday. But back then, uh, they didn't have baths every day. And they had open sandals. And I mean, they would have been dusty and stinky and really gross. And, uh, and these were all men's feet, by the way, which makes it worse, right? <laughs> and nobody wants to wash the feet. This was usually reserved for like the, the lowest of slaves. The, the, the lowest, the greenhorn kind of slave. This is what their job was to wash feet. But there was no slave there. So no, one, no one's washing feet. But in the middle of the meal, Jesus, he gets up and he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And you know why he was able to do that? Because it says right here. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. In other words, Jesus knew who he was in God. He knew his identity. And I tell you again, this frees us up. Because when you know who you are in God, you are fully loved and fully accepted and just safe in the arms of Jesus, it frees you to actually love people and serve them humbly. Because a lot of times in this world, we try to get life from other people's opinions. And we try to get life from, you know, trying to show off and everybody thinking we're amazing. But when you learn to get your life from Jesus, you can actually go, you know, I don't really care about that so much. So I can actually wash your feet. I can actually serve you. Even if positionally I'm in a better position or whatever. It, it just, when you know who you are in Jesus, it frees you up so much just to love people in this world world. And so he is able, he begins to wash the disciples' feet. And if you know the story, part of the reason he did this was a symbol of his forgiveness. He forgives these disciples, which is really important because Jesus knew that these 12 disciples were going to desert him. I mean, just think about your most dire moment in your life. Uh, it's a moment where you just need people who love you around you. And this Jesus is about to be crucified. This is a time when he needs his friends around him, yet they all desert him. They run away. Peter even de denies that he even knows Jesus. You can imagine the emotional hurt. But here is Jesus 
washing their feet and, and just saying, I love you guys, and I know what you're going to do, but I forgive you. Again, Jesus laying out this example of radical forgiveness. And it even gets more radical because when Jesus is nailed to the cross, he is hanging on the cross to these people who uh, shredded his back with a whip, and he's hanging there, dying for our sins, and he cries out, Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. This is radical forgiveness. And that radical forgiveness is not just for people back then, but it is actually for us as well. In Hebrews 4.13, it says, Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. When Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples, he knew what was in their hearts. He knew they were going to betray him. Yet he loves them and he forgives them. And it's the same with us. You know, Jesus knows our heart. There's nothing in your heart that's hidden from God. He knows every mistake you've ever made, every mistake you're going to make in the future. He knows all your, your wrong motives. He knows when you should have been there for someone and you weren't. And he knows the times when you sinned against someone. Or, or he, he, knows, he knows everything about us. And, and we know that usually we don't fully open our heart to anyone or very few people. Because usually we think, if I really opened my, myself up to that person, if I was really vulnerable, then they would reject me. If they really knew what was in my heart, uh, they, they wouldn't love me anymore. And so we, we guard ourselves a lot in this life, but there is no guard with God. He knows you. And what's so beautiful about God is He knows every single one of your mistakes, big, small, in the middle, past, present, future, and yet He is a God who stoops and washes your feet and loves you and forgives you. I mean, this is just, just it's, it's radical, radical love that he has for us. And, and Romans actually, yeah, 5 says this, that, that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him. In other words, when you were at your worst, God loved you and forgave you and, and, and shone his face on you. And if you're here and somehow you're, you're believing some sort of lie of the enemy that God is, is, is not going to forgive you this time or he is, uh, you know, not loving you in this moment, just put away that lie because, you know, God loves you at your worst, so he definitely loves you now. Uh, he loves you and he smiles upon you. In fact, uh, when you were saved, when you opened your heart to Jesus, it talks about this party in heaven that happened. In Luke 15, it says, Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it in his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And then Jesus goes on and says, The same way, when someone opens their heart to me and, and, and just says, Jesus, I want you in my life. I want to follow you. All of a sudden, like, I mean, there's a party in heaven. God and the angels aren't going up there and going, oh, Jesse's coming in the kingdom. Oh, you know. <laughs> Look at him. He's so messy. And he has such a horrible life. And, you know. No. It's like, yes. It doesn't matter how dark your life is. You, you open your heart to Jesus. The Father is like, yes. This, that's the one who I want. I love that person. And I want to lash, lavish them with forgiveness. I mean, there are pictures of God rejoicing and actually singing over us. In Isaiah 62, it says, As a bridegroom rejoices over a bride, so 
your God will rejoice over you. And we're in that will now because we're under the time of Jesus. So God is rejoicing over you. And just think about that. God knows everything about your heart. Every little darkness, every little shadow, and he's rejoicing over you. He's thrilled to have you in his family. Zephaniah 3, the Lord your God is living among you. He is a, a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness, with his love. He will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. And now in Jesus, he is rejoicing over you with joyful songs. I mean, when's the only time you sing? Usually, uh, if you can't sing, the, the only time you really tend to sing is when you're madly in love. You just, you just want to sing because you're in, in love. This is a picture of God the Father, the God of this universe, singing over you. Yeah, yeah he knows everything in your heart. You just can't kind of find that kind of love on this planet where, where someone fully knows everything that you've ever done and he looks at you and he smiles and he says, I love you and I'm washing your feet with, with forgiveness and grace. Ephesians chapter 1 is a beautiful passage that reminds us of this. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us, who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our forgiveness with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. You notice that? He adopted you. <laughs> I mean, just, just think about all your mistakes for a moment. Think about all those people you've hurt and those people you shouldn't do, uh, shouldn't have done or you didn't do or whatever it might be. Just think of that. And then he, it says he adopts and it gave him great pleasure to have you a part of his family. And he forgives us and he lavishes grace on us. And this forgiveness part is, is an important part. Colossians 2 says you are dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all, not just some, not just a little bit, but all of our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it and away and he nails it to the cross. It's gone. Imagine going into a library and every single book in there is just pages of all the mistakes you've made. And there's a whole section called The People You've Hurt. And a whole section called, you know, these are things that you should have done. You should have helped the poor. And you should have done this. You should have been there better for your kids or whatever it might be. There's a whole section for that. And then there's a whole section of just little things that you've hidden from people. And, 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 and it's got your name all over it. And you're standing in there and you're just kind of ashamed of your, yourself. And, and Jesus walks in and he begins to take each book and he begins to, to cross off your name. And he begins to put Jesus. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. I'll take that one. And he goes through the whole library until every single charge against you, it is gone. It's been nailed to the cross. He forgives. And that's hard to believe because it's just so radical. <laughs> it's just so radical. We don't often see that kind of forgiveness in this world, but this is the kind of radical love that God actually has for us. In fact, Psalm 103 says, He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. And that's why sometimes we have a hard time actually grasping this, this here. 
It's really hard to grasp. I mean, this I, well, my sins are forgiven. It's easy to grasp here, but it is difficult to grasp here because often we think, well, that's just too good. God really couldn't forgive, forgive that one. Or, you know, but he doesn't treat us as we deserve. We often treat each other as we deserve, and it's kind of our society, but God doesn't treat you as you deserve. He just gives you grace and love, and he gives you mercy. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And if he's not just talking earth, he's talking universe, because he's the God of the universe. As far as the east is from the west. I don't know what they say. The universe is like 13 billion light years big, and who knows what's after that. I mean, that's far. Your sins are beyond out there. You're gone. He's forgiven you. Do you believe that here? It's part of the reason why the Bible says the truth will set you free. And a lot of times we don't feel free in this area because we actually, deep down, actually don't believe the truth. We actually, God, well, maybe forgives little sins, but he couldn't forgive all my sins. No, he really does. You've got to believe that truth because that is what the word of God says. I mean, you have a choice whether to trust your own feelings. You can trust the word that the enemy puts in you that you're not fully forgiven. Or you can choose to trust the word of God. And I tell you, that's the firm foundation. Jesus on the cross, he, he cried out, it is finished. All of your sin passed. All of your sin, even this morning, <laughs> All of your sin, even in the future, was paid for on Jesus on the cross. When you mess up tomorrow, Jesus doesn't have to go back to the cross. It's done. Uh, you're forgiven completely, washed clean. Yes, it's undeserving, but that is how amazing the Father is. I mean, the Bible says God is love. Not just God is, is loving sometimes. He is, that's his nature. And so all of those regrets, those mess-ups in your life, they're finished. They're forgiven. They're washed clean. Uh, that time or times or multiple times when uh, you weren't really loving your wife is forgiven. It's washed away. Those times when you're not really there for, for your husband and, and maybe thought things you shouldn't, it's forgiven. It's washed clean. Those judgments you've had about other people, that gossip you have shared, it's forgiven. It's washed clean. That abortion you had in Jesus, it's forgiven. It's washed clean. Those times when you just think back to you, you're raising your kids and you have regrets because you shouldn't have done that. I wish I did that better. It's forgiven. It's washed clean. Those friends that you've turned away from you and, and they don't want to be your friends anymore because of stuff you were dealing with or whatever, it's forgiven. It's washed clean in Jesus. It is finished. You're forgiven. And this is why you can actually forgive yourself. Because it's gone. <laughs> it's paid for already. You can, you can forgive yourself because it's already paid for. It's disappeared. It's like if you have a mortgage for a million dollars and you can't make the payments and so you feel guilty and you're like, you know, I can't forgive myself because I can't pay this off and someone comes along and pays it all off. It's forgiven. It's gone. Even if you put $100 towards it, it doesn't matter because it's gone. You're released. You can forgive yourself. Because the one who has the true power to forgive, that is the God of the universe, as Jesus said, who can forgive sins but God? He forgives you. 
which means you can forgive yourself and walk in that freedom that he, that he gives you. So Romans 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Romans said, Anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. You know God never shames you. There are times when God will convict you, but it's always loving and gentle and it's peaceful and it's drawing you towards him. But a lot of times, you know, we think shame is from God. It's not. God will never shame you. He's loving you, lavishing you with forgiveness. This is what Tim Keller says. He says, the gospel, that's the story of Jesus, the story of Christianity. If you're new here, like, what is Christianity about? It's about this. We are more sinful and flawed in ourselves than we ever dare believe. Yet at the very same time, we are more loved and accepted in Jesus Christ than we ever dared hope. I mean, you know that verse that says, you know, uh, um, what does it say? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be like uh, beyond our imagination, First Corinthians chapter 3. Uh, it's just more than we could ever dream, hope, or imagine. And sometimes we, we often think about that as heaven, but it's actually talking about the gospel. That the gospel is more than we could ever hope, dream, or imagine. You just imagine how much God loves you. You just imagine how much his forgiveness would flow through. And, and, it's, and it's a quadrillion times better than that. He, he lavishes us with forgiveness. I just want to finish with this story in Luke 7. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. Pharisee was the, the religious leaders of the day. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman, probably a prostitute, from that city heard he was sitting there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Uh, may have been a payment for her services or something like that. Maybe a family heirloom, we don't know. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet, and she wiped them off with her hair. Then she kept kissing his feet and putting perfume on this. And, and, and what she was doing is pretty radical. I mean, women in those days didn't let their hair down in public. And he's, she's down at Jesus' feet, crying and, and washing his feet with her hair. When the Pharisee, this religious guy who had invited him, saw this, he said to himself, if this man, as Jesus, were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She is a sinner. Then Jesus answered his thoughts. See, God knows our thoughts. Simon, he said to the Pharisee, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher, Simon replied. Jesus told him the story. A, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one and 50 to the other. But neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, I suppose the one for whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet. But she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love. And I tell you, if you are here today and you feel you have many sins, if you're in Jesus, you just always say, Jesus, I want you in my life. Would you forgive me? He forgives your sin. But then he says this. 
But a person who has forgiven little shows only little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. There's a lot in that text, but I just want to finish with this point. You see, when you understand how much he has forgiven you, it sets you free to forgive others. And sometimes it's helpful to picture how much you've been forgiven. And when you realize how much the Father loves you and how much he lavishes love on you, and you actually don't just keep that here, but you get that actually to sink down in your heart to where the truth actually sets you free, all of a sudden you become what God wants you to be, a forgiving person. Because you say, if God has done that for me, how in the world can I not do that for others? So I'm going to invite Daniel up here for a second just to play. I'm going to just finish with that prayer exercise. Next week we're going to talk about how to forgive. Uh, but it's helpful sometimes in getting theology from here to here. Uh, at least I find it helpful to actually picture things in my mind. God has given us the ability to picture things in our mind for a good reason. Uh, I'm not going to force you to do this exercise, so if you don't want to, you don't have to. Uh, but if you're willing, just, just close your eyes uh, for a moment. And just picture yourself standing in a huge open field. And there before you in this field is a, a mountain of your sin. It includes every mistake you've ever made in the past, whether it would be tiny, big, huge, tremendous, and so big that you don't want to tell anybody ever. It's, it's just, just picture this gigantic mountain of sin. But it's not just sin from the past, add another layer to that because of all the sin in the future that I hope you don't commit, but we, we do at times. And so this mountain is, is just, just, just gigantic. And you look at this mountain and you kind of feel ashamed, you kind of feel guilty, you kind of feel horrible. But then just picture Jesus walking in just around that mountain and he's looking at you. And he sees you, he, he sees this mountain of sin. And you think he's going to have a, an uh, unhappy face, but he, he's smiling as he looks at you. And he's so thrilled to see you. And he runs up to you, and, and he's just so thankful that you are his child. This picture of giving you a hug and just blessing you. And then Jesus looks at this mountain, and he says to you, that's a big mountain. But I can get rid of it. Do you want me to get rid of that mountain? I can, I can move mountains. And you just say in your heart, yes, Jesus. I, I'm sorry for my sin. Would you forgive me? Would you get rid of that mountain? And Jesus has a big smile on his face, and, and he just snaps his finger. And as he snaps his finger, it's gone. <laughs> the whole mountain just, it just disappears. It's not there anymore. You look around, you turn 360 degrees, it's, it's, it's gone. And you just feel so free inside. You feel the life of God flowing in you. you just, you're, you're, you're just jumping. You're, you're running around in that field where that mountain was to be. The, the sun is shining on your face and you feel so, so free. 
Jesus looks at you and says, live into this. This is how I want you to live every single day. I have set you free. The truth will set you free. So live in this freedom. And you just spend time rejoicing in your freedom. And then eventually Jesus comes up to you and he looks you in the eye. And he says, do you see what I've done for you? You see how I've taken this mountain of sin and I've gotten rid of it as far as the east is from the west? Jesus says to each one of you and to me, would you go and do the same for others? Would you go and do the same for others? So Father, we thank you for your forgiveness. We thank you for your grace in our lives. God, I pray you would settle this truth in our hearts today. That if there's any of us struggling with whether God forgives or not, I pray you just solidify this in their hearts, God, that they would no longer listen to their own feelings, they would no longer listen to the lie of the enemy, but they would listen to you and your truth, that we are forgiven in Jesus. And if there's anyone in this room who's never opened their heart to Jesus, and you just want to feel that forgiveness, you want to have the life of God flowing in, this, in, in yourself, you just got just to, in your heart, you can repeat something like, God, I'm sorry for my sin, and I, and I turn from it and turn to you. God, open my life, open my heart, and I receive you, Father. I receive you, Jesus. I receive the Holy Spirit. And if that is you, God says, if you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive your sin and to cleanse you of every last bit of unrighteousness. And he makes you righteous. So we love you, God. And uh, we celebrate all that you've done for us in Jesus' name.